Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Co-op Couch. My name is Alec. And I'm Anthony. And today we're hanging out. Uh, Anthony, I had a question for you. You know, we've known each other for, what, you know, two years now? Uh, no, I think I think longer, because we met at the 2017 TwitchCon. Okay. Right? And I knew you before that. I, th- I think we're pushing four. Really? Okay, so it's been a little bit longer than we than we thought. Yeah, I think I, I would think I so. Thought. Okay. I think so. Do you remember the first video game you've ever played? Like when you were a wee lad? I ever played, man. I don't know if it was the first game I've ever played, uh, but the first one that stands out to me more than anything, um, I remember getting uh, an NES, like the original Nintendo Entertainment System, and I remember getting uh, Kirby's Adventure. and playing the hell out of it that was the first game i ever actually uh 100 percented and multiple times um that stands out to me and and obviously you have the original super mario brothers Mm -hmm. um but kirby kirby's adventure that was that was my go-to oh man yeah kirby's adventure was a really good game i like that game i never played it too much but i remember dabbling i didn't own an nes i remember dabbling in it with at my friend's house so what was your first console? I remember uh, so my first console I ever owned, I believe, was a PlayStation 1. But my first game I ever played was on Atari. I played Pitfall. I played the hell out of Pitfall. Oh my god, I remember Pitfall. My my grandma owned an Atari and I would go over to her house on summer breaks and me and my brother would play the Atari all the time. I would play Pitfall and he had one river something but you played as a little plane and you went over this river and you shot the little uh boats and you had to pick up gas and blow up blow up bridges and stuff like that i forget what it was called but it was it was really cool so when i was a really really little kid i used to go to a a, uh you know pediatrics office when i was sick Mm -hmm. and uh i loved that office because it was actually uh it was kind of split into two sides like it was one room but there was one of those dividing walls that only filled like three quarters of the room so if you could picture the room was like shaped like a u there was like two different seating areas and on one side closer to the door as soon as you came in they had an old school like arcade tower that had like the original donkey kong on it and then on the other side there was a little desk that you could sit at and they had um asteroids oh asteroids is good yeah, and that was like that was my doctor's office. So when I was a kid, I was like, dude, this is a this is a win-win. Either I'm not sick or like I get to go play Asteroids and Donkey Kong while I wait. <laughs> like it was a it was a perfect place to be as a as a little sickly young man. For sure, yeah. Do you do you remember what really stood out to you? You know, not maybe in your the first thing, but when you realized like gaming was something that you really loved like you're one of the favorite things that you can recollect from from video games as a kid oh that's a tough one i know that like there's specific moments in video games that like i don't even know if i would call them my my best memories because a lot of them are like terrible things that have happened um but but it kind of goes to show you like what video games used to be to us as, as far as how much time you you know when you're when you're seven playing a jrpg and six hours goes by like that's a big deal um and so like a lot of a lot of my best memories uh or or worst memories are 
our you know time dumps when something would um like i i remember one time uh and i wasn't even that young for this one i was probably it was i mean it was after high school okay but um i remember like there was there was this rpg that i played in fact to this day uh one easily one of my favorites like i would probably tie if i had to make a list i'd probably tie it for first place is a shadow hearts covenant i don't even know that um, game yeah, so the Shadow Hearts series is like three games. I never played the first or the third. The good news is that you don't really have to. Like they are all connected. It's not like Final Fantasy where they're all different games. Okay. But it's in the JRPG uh, but, genre though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I actually ended up um I had talked about it so much that I ended up playing it on my stream so people could see mm -hmm. it. I did a playthrough and I remember uh I remember being at home and uh finally beating it. And I knew that there was something, or I, or I had a hunch that there was something after the credits, right? You beat a JRPG, you're like, I, I spent so much time into this story, like, I, I got to see if there's more. And I don't remember where we were going, but I remember my parents being like, yo, like, shut it off, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's 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 the end credits, like, you can't pause yeah. that. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, I just beat this game. I want to I want to see what's after it. And they're like, okay, if it, you know, five minutes, whatever, we'll wait. And, uh, you know, it's like five minutes goes by and they're like, dude, we, we got to go shut it off. And I'm like, hang on. The credits are still rolling. Like, so long, long story short, those, those credits were like 25, 30 minutes. This is a PlayStation two. And it was like 20 to 30 minutes. And I'm, I made them wait. Cause I was like, I have to see, I will say this. I won't give any spoilers in case anyone feels, uh, you know, like they should go play that game because you should. Uh, but there is something after the credits, and it is more than worth the wait. That's one of the biggest mind fucks in that entire game is after the credits. That's that's quite like crazy. When, I like when there's post credit stuff. It's like you know, Marvel Marvel does that stuff with movies nowadays. Yeah. Um, so you're always waiting after the the credits, but to see it in video games is like here's a little extra, you know. Especially if you yeah. just worked so hard, you know definitely or otherwise memories would be like kind of the same concept but you, you know I, I remember like being so obsessed with the game boy pokemon mm. games you'd be like sitting in the car and then your parents would tell you to get out of the car because you're at dinner or something yeah. and you're still like see, the car has been parked for five <laughs> minutes but you still have your seatbelt on and you're still, you know what i'm saying like, i can relate like, so much the car. i remember uh also like sitting in church you know, I grew up Catholic, so you're in like a traditional pew. And and the amount of times that my mother had to tell me to turn my Game Boy down, like I can only imagine now as an adult, like being an adult sitting in a Catholic yeah. church and hearing like the 8-bit fucking Viridian City <laughs> theme like, <laughs> in church. Everyone just starts staring uh, at you. Yeah. Hello. Do you have a moment to speak about our Lord and Savior? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh man, I can imagine. I actually used to sit my so again. I used to visit my grandma on summer vacations. And she used to go to church. My mom and my dad. We we didn't ever go, um, but she used to go to church. So when I'd visit her, and I would sit in the car outside. She'd be like, she would always ask me, "Do you want to come in or do you want to sit in the car?" And I'd be like, "I want to sit in the car because I didn't care to go to church, you know." And I would yeah. sit in the car and just play my game boy for an hour or whatever it was while she went to church and then she would come back okay let's go you know but i think one of the mo the moments from video games that really stands out to me um was in ocarina of time 
back in the day. And I never played it on the N64. I played it on the GameCube, the Master Mode version. Oh. Um, okay. What a Master Quest? That's what it was. Um, I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, so it was Master Quest. They redid some of the dungeons. They changed some things. Uh, it was it was interesting, but uh, I never I never owned an N sixty four, so I never played it on N sixty four. You know, it's funny you would say that because I never owned one either, except that my so my grandfather bought one, but it was his. It was like he bought it like for the grandkids, except that I was the only grandson, and I was the only one that gave a shit about video games. So we would go over there, and I'd be like, "Yo, like, can I?" I, I wanted to like every time I went over, I wanted to take it home. Cause I was like, I have all these games, but I can't play them unless we come here. And the rule was that it had to stay yep. at his house. Mm-hmm. So like when, when he, when he passed away uh, and they moved out of that house, I nabbed it. Cause I was like, no one else even knows what this is. Like everyone in the family, you know, mid, mid to late twenties, uh, 20 year old girls and, and my mom and dad. And like that was it. No, no one. People are gonna look at it and be like, "Is this an old VCR?" <laughs> like, no, that's my N60. Like, that's mine. I nabbed that. It's actually it's still in my trunk. Actually, it's in the trunk of my. Car. I can relate to that because my my best friend, his grandfather, was the same way, but it was about the NES. He did the same exact thing. It's for the kids, but if you want to play it, you got to come here. You got to play it at my house because yeah. you don't want anything bad to happen. Uh, yeah. No, exactly. But playing through Ocarina of Time, um, you know, especially being young, you know, well, sort of young, you know, 12, maybe right. 13. I don't remember exactly, but watching, going through the first three child dungeons and pulling the Master Sword and how long that took as a kid, especially Jabu's Jabu's Belly as a kid, took me forever. Um, and then you pull the Master Sword and you realize there's eight more dungeons to go. And it just blew my mind. Like that's yeah. where I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is crazy." That's where that's what yeah. really pulled me in, and I I said like, "Whoa!" Like that that was my biggest whoa moment. I think a lot of people have that moment because Ocarina of Time was such a big video game. De- oh, definitely. And you know what? I've actually confession. I've never because, like I said, I didn't own uh, uh, an N sixty four, and I had Ocarina of Time at my grandfather's but i don't think i ever got past like i think i got to i think i got up to the second dungeon and i've never played past that and like i've seen it you know i have friends that have played it and i've, I've seen different areas of it sure. but like yeah i've never never gotten to play through ocarina of i only beat it recently we um we beat it on stream uh, a couple years ago i beat it you know two, two three years ago is the first time i ever beat it and isn't that crazy how like we can go through because like like I did the same thing with um Final Fantasy the original Final Fantasy seven is uh and I say that now because obviously as we record this the the remake comes out in what three weeks but um yeah, yeah everyone you know everyone talked about how seven is the greatest game ever and I, I didn't God I didn't beat that until if you, probably what five years ago be, was the first time I got my hands on it I'll be honest I never beat seven I've seen so many people beat it. I watched my brother do the Hojo fight towards oh, the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, and because he got that far, I never got that far. He got that far. Um, but I think the, the furthest back I could remember getting in Final Fantasy VII is like uh, the motorbike scene. I mean, I think I, I feel like I got further oh, than that. Man. I feel like I got further than that. 
but that's as far back as I can remember is the is the bike. Yeah, that's pretty early. Uh, yeah, on that's still, still this one. That's like, but that's like, so that's like escaping Midgar, which is basically the end of it. Like, if I if I had to guess, I have gotten out of Midgar. I have done the escape yeah. Midgar section. Yeah, because that that's basically that. I think, isn't it? Uh, you would know better than I would. I'm pretty you're, sure you're the Final Fantasy guy. Well, so um, you know what's funny about seven and. <laughs> God protect me. I'm going to get so much hate mail. For this, <laughs> seven, seven, in my opinion, like, like, don't get me wrong. I think, I think it was a phenomenal game is definitely one of the best of its time. And, and I do love it, but everything that I love about seven is not the, well, okay. So I, I like the story too. Again, I like, I'm not hating on it, but like, that's my least favorite part was the story not to say it was bad but like my favorite thing about seven is that everything else that came from it and i've been talking about this a lot recently um again with the remake coming out people have been asking me my opinion and uh you know my my roommate obviously is a huge final fantasy fan so we've been talking about it and um i love that seven has this world created that like so much else has come from right like all the other final fantasies people love six nine uh for me it was ten um but none of them did what seven did as far as like everyone knows all of the characters, not just cloud and everyone knows, um, you know, all of their stories and personalities. And then you, you get like out of it, you get advent children was, was the, the animated movie. You got crisis core, which was the PSP prequel, which is also, Oh, man. Christ oh my so God. Good. Yeah. It was one of my, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, Genesis is one of my favorite characters in any movie book game ever um and you had dirge of cerberus which a lot of people don't know about as a ps2 title where you play as vincent um really cheesy but really fun game and and it's just, the stories just keep expanding and i i feel like you don't really get that from a lot of the other games like even 10 as much as i love 10 i don't think i could do that with 10 well i mean think about it you know there this is one of the few ones that they're doing a full remaster of it you know i don't think i to the best of my knowledge and you can correct me if i'm wrong they've never remastered they or re let me correct myself they've never remade right a new final fantasy game right because remaster and remake are different right but and they have never done a full remaster. and they have remastered it and and most of it is like fan fan created um is especially like like the modding community for seven is absurd i have a, a buddy of mine um strife who i think you've probably seen his name but um, yeah for sure strife is very heavily involved in the modding community and he's got so many games that i see him play different versions of seven and actually really really cool there's a couple guys that developed um like they have they have one that um is is interactive so like if you stream it on twitch people can can fuck with your your gear and your materia and like you know, like me and me and Flibbity Flam, you know, we did a race and we implemented those detriments where like people could redeem mm -hmm. things to make us do it. And then we had to manually do it. But these guys modded Interactive 7 to actually it's built into the game. Like it just when it just works. Yeah. So like people can give you bits and like it'll just it'll completely change your file. Um, And then there's got like new threat. I know is one of them where it's just like harder modding that also changes enemies in the game. And there's different random mods, kind of like how you would see. Uh, I know like you and Flib have played um, 
like Zelda randomizers. Mm-hmm. They just did yeah. one of those for seven. That's cool. Because um, uh, that means uh, what all like equipment, chests, weapons, everything, all randomized item drops. Everything. Are I think even I think I, I think yeah I think it's even like enemy encounter and boss encounter. Ooh, that's gotta be rough too. Imagine getting out of Midgar and you walk the world map and run into some crazy fucking guy. Yeah, it's like Emerald Weapon is up on land or some shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's the modding community for 7 is huge. And again, I don't think that you see that with other, you know, you're like like Final Fantasy 10, like you just, and they remastered 10. They remastered 10 with the, because now that's how they sell it, is 10 and 10 too, the the remaster, the whatever mix they call it. That- like 20 bucks. that was the one with lightning no that's 13 okay lightning's okay. 10 10 was a uh, uh titus and yuna or t tedious oh that's right oh i, I should you know i should have known that um, because again yeah because flip, flip speed runs that is like a 12 that's like a 12 hour speed run dude yeah yeah i should have known that because i hate the titus laugh yeah so does everyone else <laughs> uh yeah i remember playing uh 13 the one with lightning yeah and I could I could not get behind it. Yeah, third man, I feel I feel bad about thirteen because I feel like I feel like it had so much potential and like it flopped really hard, but honestly, it's not that bad. The only thing I didn't like about thir- well, let me rephrase. I there was a lot I didn't like about thirteen, but the things that made it unplayable for me, there's two main things that made thirteen unplayable for me. The first one is hope. Anyone that has played 13 knows that Hope is a little bitch and probably the worst <laughs> Final Fantasy character ever created. Worse than Titus? Oh, God. Hands down. I Actually, it's funny you should say that. I met someone the other day that did not agree with that. Uh, thought Titus was the worst Final Fantasy character ever. And everyone's entitled to their opinions. He he gave me his list of like worst to best and Hope was like third down. And I was like, I don't know how you can tolerate the little bitch for that long, but good on you um hope yeah hope is one of the things the other thing i hated was the leveling system because everyone loved the sphere grid from 10 and i think they they wanted it to be like that and they advertised it like that and it even looked like it to a degree it was like a 3d version of the sphere grid but it was linear Mm -hmm. you couldn't branch off you couldn't do builds you couldn't go your own way it was linear you just went through with experience points and got crystal by crystal yeah so it was it was yeah i know what you're saying it's like here's the path you have to get you have to unlock the crystal still but you can only go one way right yeah that's lame yeah yeah the, the paradigm it was the paradigm system that really nabbed me that i was just like ugh, like trying to manage the different paradigms and everything like that i never understood it i couldn't couldn't figure it out yeah and i i tried i think it was a good concept like i think i think it was cool that they played with it and like it definitely had a lot of potential i just don't think they ever mastered it yeah the first i ever got in 13 i got to the world map i, could, I finally got to the world map and i was like i don't even god i don't even know if i, I got that far i can't do it i was like i couldn't do it i tried i tried to trudge through it well towards the end i was trudging through and i was like uh and then no couldn't do it yeah i, I don't know i i wish there are a lot of things that I feel like they could pull from that game and make a better game. Like their the 13 interpretation, like the battle system, their interpretation of ATB was really, really cool. Uh, I, I did enjoy that. Um, well, Cause you don't like ATB in general. No, I don't. Um, and I'm very vocal about it. Most people that know me know, I don't like ATB. The, oh, no, I know you don't like ATB. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's one of, it's one of those things where it's like, 
it's one of those things where it's like it it could be turn based, but it's not. And then it, it's like late game ATB doesn't bother me because by the time you're in the late game, you have enough stuff to do that like it doesn't matter. But early yeah. game ATB is awful because it's just it's just a staring contest. I'm like yeah, it might as well game, be really. turn based because your bars have to fill up and the enemy's bar has to fill up. So it's like okay, well I'm not attacking, but neither are they. And uh, anyone that knows me knows I'm probably the most impatient human on this planet. So. I'm like, why am I waiting for this? It, it, whose turn is it? Someone, someone, just go. Even if I get attacked and die, I don't care. Just attack someone. Well, be- something because the math is already there, right? Like they already know who's gonna go first. You're just waiting for it to fill, right? Like they already know. Oh, you're faster than them. Your attack bar is gonna fill faster, right? It's just kind of watching that bar fill up. Yeah. So I yeah. I used to think that ATB was like the worst battle system ever. I hated it. And then I and then I played Kingdom Hearts uh uh Unchained Memories. Whew. Okay. Oh my god. Nope. That one wins. That was one of the worst games I've ever played. And I loved my playthrough of Kingdom Hearts. I loved Kingdom Hearts. I fell in love with it as much as everybody else. But that game was atrocious i didn't even finish it i i got i think a little more than halfway through it hated every minute of it and finally reached a breaking point where i was like i can't do this anymore i'm watching the rest on youtube yeah i don't i can't blame you for that was that the uh card one yeah yeah that was the, yeah that was, the card one. that was the only one i actually played because it was on game boy advance it was my my problem with it wasn't necessarily the system. Like, I think it was a cool idea. My problem with it was how they executed it. There was no gradual flow to that game. Where it was like, it was like you would you would use a card and go into a room and fight the heartless, and it was stupid easy. And then we use another card and go into another room and fight the heartless, and it was stupid easy. And then you get to a boss fight, and it was like huge spike. Like if you were to put it on a graph of leveling in combat, it would just spike and then the boss was hard as shit and then and then on top of it already being mechanically difficult it was like they were they were fucking rigged that's how they made it challenging they're like the boss is just stupid broken was like uh so the the card system for anyone that doesn't know um is one one to nine and the way you beat your opponent's card is by playing a card with a higher value and you could combine three cards uh to get the highest value but if you did that then they wouldn't recycle back into your deck so you had to be careful um and zeros were it was like think think like ace high right zeros always trumped everything they beat everything um if you played it in in countering right so like if i played a nine 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 combo that was as high as it could be and then the the opponent plays a zero it cancels mine so it sucked because it's like every time you get into a boss fight, it's like every single fucking card they drew was was a nine. And then they'd do like nine nine nine, nine eight seven, nine eight eight. And then you would like you'd finally get sick of it and you'd play all your nines and they'd play a zero and cancel it. And then none of your nines shuffle back into your deck. And I'm just like, this is annoying. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that being pretty frustrating. So yeah, I just I got super fed up with that game, but the story was phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but if you're gonna go through it, watch it on YouTube. Trust me. Save yourself the trouble. So you said, so you said that was on PlayStation Two. Uh, no, I just recently did a playthrough of it. That was on, I think, I think it was just the Game Boy. 
Was it just the Game Boy? I don't know. I could totally be wrong. I'm not the person. I to feel ask. like it was on a PlayStation as well, but maybe it might um, have been. I really don't know. I I played speak- mine through the 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 mix when they released all the games, and so I, oh I had it, okay, I had it for the PS4 because it was a packaged deal or whatever. Yeah, no, I just looked it up. Uh, published by Square Enix in 2004 for Game Boy Advance. Oh, there you go. Uh, the game, it's an intermediary between two larger-scale PlayStation 2 games and the Kingdom Hearts series. Okay. But speaking of consoles, what what do you think your favorite console of all time is? Oh, easy. PlayStation 2. Easy. And why? Because the PlayStation 2 had some of the best titles on it, and it was backwards compatible, so I could play all of my my classics as well. I think I just saw a poll or a news article that said the PlayStation 2 is still the best-selling console of all time. I believe I'm it. like 90%. I believe it too. I So my favorite console is the Nintendo GameCube. I love that console, hands down. Um, but I owned a PlayStation 2 as well. And man, the games on that game were amazing. Jack and Daxter. Um, oh, Jack God, 2. I forgot about all those. Jack and Daxter was so good. I remember playing, you know, Again, backwards compatible. I remember playing Spyro from the PS1 series. Yep, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. Um, I had a whole bunch of like, I had Star Wars pod racing, which I'm not a racing fan, but man, that game was sick. Yeah. So one, uh, one thing that a lot of people, I, I never hear people talk about, and it breaks my heart, is there used to be a game series, speaking of the PS2 and, uh, and best memories, uh, there used to be a game series called Driver. A lot of people don't ever talk and i know people know what it is but no one talks about it and it's it's basically for anyone that hasn't played it it's basically grand theft auto without the guns and you you literally just you go through you you have cars you spawn with a car and you go through and i don't even remember the story or the point of that game like i literally just remember driving around cities with a car getting in you know police chases trying to get away from the police, getting away from the police then jumping out and stealing another car. And like, that was it. Um, but, <laughs> but driver, one thing I loved about driver was the, the amount of things you could do were not a lot, but it was enough to like never get sick of it. And that was, that was one of the first PS two games that I ever played is at a buddy's birthday when it just came out, man, I probably put more hours into that game than most things, even though I wouldn't say it was one of my favorites. Like, got a lot of playtime. Yeah, I never played I never played that game. Um I don't even think I've ever heard of it until just now. Really? Yeah. yeah. See, and that's that's my point. Is it was it was a great game, but it was so like un uh, it was it was what's the it was word? one of those hidden gems kind yeah. of games, like something that nobody knew about. Exactly. Like you find the people who do, and everybody says it's really good. Yeah. So one thing I loved about that game is that it had a multiplayer mode. You could play. It was actually cops and robbers. It was split screen, and one person would be the driver, and one person would be the cop. And you would start off like the driver would start off a certain distance in front of the cop in a random part of a city map that you chose, and then and then it was it was a chase. And if you were out of the cop's view for a certain amount of time, you won the round. But it was cool because if you were the cop, you could turn your sirens on and off. And so it was it was pretty cool to like duck down side streets and trick the the driver instead of just following them forever. And like 
but it was a high risk because if you took a side street, you put them out of your view. And so it was easier for them to juke you and win. I don't know. It was for, for you know, an old school PS2 game like that, that seemed really creative. Intuitive. Yeah. I loved it. Or not intuitive, but, um, so what I'm looking for creative, uh, there's another word for it, but creative is what yeah. I was getting at. So, okay. So the, the GameCube is your favorite console. Why? I, I loved the game library for it. The controller was amazing. I, I did not play a single game on the GameCube I didn't love. And I think, well, so my favorite game of all time came, my first experience with it was on the GameCube. That Fantasy Star Online? Fantasy Star Online. Yeah. The game I have the most, like if I were to look at my most logged hours, that game would trump every game I've ever played. Uh, me and my friend spent hours playing that. Uh, split screen you had to play split screen it had the vertical thing you know we had his little cr small crt yep. in his room and we would just we would just play that all night now wake up it's going up the gamecube didn't have online anything did it so you could buy a broadband adapter okay and play online that way okay so it was uh, like the ps2 but i never experienced it i never experienced online play on either console the playstation 2 or the gamecube yeah me neither and there was surprisingly uh so the dreamcast being the first console that ever had online play again fantasy star online came out originally for the dreamcast actually had a keyboard controller really um, yeah so it had a controller with a keyboard on it i did not it know was that. yeah it was really fucking weird that's kind of cool though that like even going that far back they had those ideas and concepts yeah, in a console i didn't know yeah i want to say maybe it wasn't the dreamcast maybe it was just the gamecube that had it i'm looking it up right now yeah i think it was just the gamecube maybe i misspoke but anyway um i believe there was a keyboard that you could plug in despite not being a keyboard controller but i believe there was a keyboard you could plug into your dreamcast in order to because you could talk you could type and stuff like that right, and talk to people right. in the game huh. um so yeah but the gamecube was phenomenal to me i mean attack and the power of juju was an amazing game oh my god i haven't heard that um, name in so long dude that game was great um i actually liked attack two better than attack one um so i need to google this because i remember the name but i can't picture it like oh that's right yeah okay i do remember this what tack yeah i had yeah. i had to google it because i'm like i know i remember the name but i can't yep. put i can't put imagery to it yep i do remember this yeah that was a really fun game uh especially as a kid you know uh animal crossing super mario sunshine oh um, i did not like sunshine you know <sighs> I didn't like Sunshine at first, but it definitely grew on me. Really? And I would love to see them do a remaster or a remake for the Nintendo Switch now. I've been hearing a lot of people say that recently. and I, I think it would be a really cool addition. Yeah, I could actually see that being a lot more enjoyable on the Switch. Mm -hmm. You know what game I think Nintendo needs to remake like yesterday? Hear me out. I don't know if you ever played it. Okay pokemon snap yes oh my god i swear to god but not new pokemon snap i don't want new pokemon snap right. with like no general generation five six i want the original, original 
151. Yes. You know, and just better graphics, better gameplay, give me new stuff. You guys can, they can add the other generations later. Like, I'll, people can pay 20 bucks for a DLC that adds Gen 2 if that's what they want. Hell, I'll probably even do it. But I think that's what they need to do. Uh, Pokemon Snap would be great. I agree. I've been saying the same thing since the Switch came out. Oh man, Pokemon Snap was amazing. And you know how easy it would be for them to do like motion controls for a camera. Like you could take off one of the the um, Joy Cons and Joy-Cons. turn it sideways and use the bumper yep. as the click on a camera. Like oh, it would mm-hmm. be so easy. You could even use. Um, I mean, I'm I'm anti motion control. Um, I hate motion control. But what they could do is even just turn the switch into a camera. Oh yeah, that's true. Like, like not a set, not a real camera, but like you could move the switch around as taking it. You know, if you have it in in handheld mode. Yeah. And on docked mode, you move your Pro controller, or your Joy Cons, you know, whichever. Yeah. No, I totally wait. So why don't you like motion controls? I hate motion controls because they're so finicky. So I was playing Breath of the Wild a while back, and there's a, one of the shrines early on that I ran into was a motion control shrine and it was guide this ball through the maze oh i've seen those and uh, you had to guide the ball through the maze get it out out of the maze and then into a platform and then it had to roll down this hill and into into its little slot where it had to go well i'm using the pro controller as my as my controller and it ended up where my controller so usually i have my control like i have my controller flat and then like I move it a little bit and like I was trying to get through it and then I would like my ball would fall off and the thing would reset. But I think what it did is it reset it as flat as wherever my controller was. So eventually my controller had was upside down uh, and that's how my map had to be to be flat. So it just got to this point where it was so convoluted. And I don't think maybe that's not a motion control thing. It might be a game dis- excuse me, a game design thing, but I just I just don't like motion controls in general. Yeah. Like I don't think they're good. Like if you want to put them in for the people who like them, cool, just make it a toggle. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. You know, just make it able to turn on and off and like Breath of the Wild had that for arrow aiming, but they didn't have it. They you know, you still have to use the motion controls for the the shrine puzzles with the motion controls. Um and some people like aiming arrows with the motion controls. I can't I can't get behind it. I don't think it's good i liked playing the wii but like those like i played wii sports a lot yeah uh, wii bowling oh my yeah. god <laughs> wii bowling was amazing yeah wii bowling was pretty great i actually got so good at wii baseball that i just sat in the chair and just hit home runs my cousin my, my wrist my cousin was like that yeah my cousin was definitely that same person I don't know. I I liked Wii bowling was cool to me because you get to like the the end frames and there was like fifty pins. It was so absurd. Where I'm like, God, I wish this was a thing in real life. I wish I could do like supreme bowling. Yeah, and they had I think they had a different couple of different modes in Wii bowling too. I don't, um, don't remember that. Where like it was like like they had like a hundred pins set up, and it was who can knock down the most pins and multi, you know when yeah, you play yeah, against yeah. you knock down the most pins. That might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but you could play like regular bowling and Wii Tennis was a ton of fun too. It's like motion controls in that I was okay with. See, and that's funny because to your point, I thought that I like I loved Wii Sports too, but Wii Tennis was my least favorite because I always had the most trouble with it. Response wise, I guess I like I don't know how to even how I want to word that, but like the way in which the game interacted with the controls, we always had trouble getting Wii Tennis to work. 
Bowling was yeah, never fine. Had Baseball issues. was fine, but we tennis never worked properly. Boxing, I wanted to be good, but it wasn't good. I think everyone wanted the boxing one to be good because of the arcade game. You ever played the the arcade game that with the gloves that interact? So like, depending on where you were, st- it's it was like VR without the headset. Uh, did you ever play that game? No. Yeah. So that sounds great. Oh yeah, it was hell of fun. So it's certain arcades they have these. Um, they have. Uh, it's like a it's like a stand up machine where like so you walk up and the screen is basically like waist high to above your head and then it's it's like it's like first person boxing it, it, it's kind of like imagine a newer version of Mike Tyson's punch out if it was first person right and then okay. and then what you would do is you have these boxing gloves and you put them on and the the arcade machine would recognize movement with the gloves and so what would happen is you would you would as you put the gloves up in front of your face, like you're boxing. And so any movement you made with your body would register into the gloves. And so you could like dodge swings and duck swings dodge or whatever. And yeah. Swing and and yeah, so it was, it was cool because you would get, they called it, I think they called it like rush mode or whatever, where like mm-hmm. you would land enough hits and they'd be like, Ooh, knock this guy out. And they would put up a huge red circle in front of them with a number value. Where it'd be like 50. You had to land, yeah. You had to land like fifty punches, and so you take the gloves, dude. That's that's it. With talk about some cardio as a kid, bro. You're in the arcade and you hold both of these gloves, and you're like, bah, 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 and you're literally just throwing both of your fists forward, and like sometimes it's fast enough, sometimes it wasn't. So a lot of kids, you know, arcade games, there was always a cheesing tactic, like the bullet yeah. games. You could literally stick your finger through the trigger loop and just smack it back and forth. It was like that, yeah. where people would grab the gloves and smack them against each other very quickly and it registered a hit that's how you get through <laughs> rush mode um but yeah no like that's i think that game i totally digress but i think that game is what everyone wanted we boxing to be is that motion control boxing and it wasn't even close interesting speaking of old arcade cabinets I mean, gaming has come so far from where we've been you know when we were as kids i mean we were talking about what atari yeah uh, playstation 2 before what do you think the biggest change I'll actually, I got two questions for you. Hit me. What do you think the biggest change in change in gaming has been? And what do you think is something you'd like to see them bring back? I think, okay. Biggest change. And I don't even know if it's so much a change in the games or the people, but one thing that I think has changed in gaming is that, um, first of all, I don't think games hold our attention like they used to. You know, especially like like we talk about we talk about JRPGs where it's like I remember being able to spend hours a day on whatever game I was playing. Whereas now, like I have nights where, you know, th- there's there's upwards of 30 games on my computer and I'll sit at home and I'll look at my computer and be like, what do I want to do tonight? Do I want to play? This? I have nothing to play. Yeah. <laughs> you look at it and you're like, do I want to play this? And eh, no, I'm not really in the moon. Uh, no, I don't want to play that either. And and games just don't hold our attention like they used to. And again, I don't know if that's that newer games just don't do that or if it's us uh, you know as people changing but um one one thing that i think has changed uh is that and i also think one thing that has changed is that the gaming community always has something to bitch about always like like i know i know they say in everything in life you know you you can't please everybody you can't satisfy everybody but in the gaming community it's like the worst because there's always something to complain about everyone is is never satisfied you know if a game uh you know if a game gets released too early then people bitch about how you know it was there's oh there's so many bugs and there's oh this cutscene sucked or oh this story ending was terrible uh 
But then you look at a game like Final Fantasy VII, the remake, where they pushed it back one month and everyone lost their damn mind. And and it's like, well, what do you what do you want? You want it to come out right, don't you? Like, just wait for it. Um, yeah. And then and then on the other side of that token is you know all the all the seven diehards that love the original game. You know, oh, I hate that it's not turn based anymore. I hate that it's ATB. Oh, I hate this, this, and this. And it's like, guys, like, be grateful that you're getting it, or just don't play it. it, it either way, like, there's always someone bitching and it never used to be like that like really it never you know we go back talking about like the nes and kirby's adventures how we started this podcast i don't think anyone was ever bitching about kirby's adventure or super no, or people super were gracious to have video games yeah like we're we're a very entitled community and i i say we because i'm not trying to call anyone out i'm sure i've done it just as much as anyone else you know i have games that i strongly dislike and i'll rant about how terrible they are for hours if you get me rolling but uh, and, and that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to have games that you don't like, but, um, I think, yeah, to answer the question, I think that's, that's how it's changed is that there's, there's always going to be that one group that will just relentlessly rip devs when they work really hard. For sure. What do you, what would you bring back from old games? Um, What's something you think they've taken out that you'd miss? Man, I, probably too specific to your question not necessarily something from gaming but a game or genre is i would love to see more turn-based titles i know a lot of people talk about like persona uh and i've I've never really played a persona um just because i have no interest to it's not my my style not my cup of tea Mm -hmm. but i i loved turn-based rpgs i would love to see more turn-based rpgs okay yeah i think turn-based rpgs are something that well, we, we classify them as JRPGs, right? right? I don't think it's something that the Western audience really appreciates too much. I mean, like a lot of ARPGs come out, action RPGs yeah. come out to the West because people like that hack and slash combat, you know, the running around, you know, you think uh, Astral Chain or or uh, Dark Souls style yeah. or whatever, you know, where you're running around and beating up your enemy. They don't want to sit there and input commands for hours, right? you know, but I think the you know, maybe the Japanese community maybe appreciates that a little bit more. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's just a regional thing or if it's just that we've gotten to a point in technology where it doesn't make sense to developers. But I would love to say, I like, I a lot of people, a lot of the argument that I hear and 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 get is that it's outdated, and I just don't agree with that. I feel like there's no reason behind it. Like, I'll, I'll be real. I think turn-based combat is a little slow for my liking. But I think there's ways that you can get around that. I definitely think there's mechanics you can input. Like, look, like you're playing Legend of the Dragoon right yeah. now, and that's turn-based combat, but you still have to input commands to get your hit, extra hits in. Yep. So, like, there's mechanics that you can implement in your turn-based combat to make it interesting enough and keep it interactive for the for the player. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think I think there's ways to do it in today's technology. I I understand why they might feel that way. Uh, but if I was going to bring anything back in gaming, it would be that it would be more traditional turn-based JRPGs. I would like to see more couch co-op. Ooh, that's what I want to see. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I'm so tired of oh, this game is multiplayer, but you can't bring it to your friend's house and play. You have to play over the internet only. 
I'm so tired of it. And I don't think it's a difficult thing. Yeah. I really don't. I don't think that it's that hard to implement have or to have both options. I don't see why we ha- it's one or the other. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Internet play is great because not all the time do I have to go over someone's house and play a game with them. But sometimes I just want to chill with my friend and hang out and play on a freaking huge ass TV and and chill out and I want to play the game and you can't do that on every game anymore. It's something that we used to play back in the Halo days. Right. And I was just going to say Halo. You know what? That's a very good point because that is something I miss is uh, I was talking to one of my close friends, been friends for more than 20 years, we're talking about this recently, is that there's no there's no games like that anymore. Like if you really think about it, right? I mean, I guess the next comparable would be like maybe Destiny or Borderlands, but there really isn't even any like story driven co-op anymore at least not to the degree of halo right oh for sure like we want a good game that we can play together that is is you know not just couch co-op but like story driven you know get invested with your friends not not just like you know Mm -hmm. uh uh something would be like um you know like counter-strike is you know technically co-op or league of legends is technically co-op but it's it's not the same and then and then you get to things like destiny and borderlands where it gets to your point it's online only there's no split screen yeah well uh, actually borderlands might still be split screen but i know borderlands one had split screen yeah and two i don't know about two or three two did because two i did, I did it at my buddies um but even still i wouldn't compare that to something like say halo yeah i know for sure um, the only game that comes to mind about story-driven co-op, and it, I feel like it's a game that nobody knows about, is A Way Out. Yeah, see, I've never even heard of it. So A Way Out, it's a... Uh, I played it because I thought the game idea behind it was really good. It's a co-op-only game. You buy the game for $60, you get two copies because it's co-op only. You give one to your friend, you guys play. Um, you can play online, but you have split screen. So I see my character doing what he's doing, and I see my friend's character doing what he's doing huh. on, the, on the split sides of my monitor. Um, and it's a jailbreaking game. From what I, from what I understand, and now I only, played, I only played so far, but the objective is getting out of jail. What's it called? A Way Out. I wonder if that's on Steam. Uh, no, it was on Origin. I had to play it on the Origin launcher. Uh... It was t- I played it. Um, I played it with my friend... Uh, Commander Pineapple Jack, me and him played it. We played it once. We got pissed drunk and played played it. And it was a ton of fun, but I never got back to it. And I, it's always a game I wanted to get back to playing, but we never got we never got around to it. And then it kind of just faded out. Uh, but it always I think the idea behind it is really solid. Yeah, that's pretty cool. How old is that? Five years by now, I think. Yeah, I've never even I've never even heard of it. Let's find out. A way out release date. March twenty third, twenty eighteen, two years. Wow, okay. I was way off. Well, <laughs> even still, I mean, I'm I've never, never heard of it, but that I like that concept. I like that idea. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool combination of split screen and online co-op. That's pretty cool. I think it was. I think it was really cool. But I would love to see more. I mean, I miss the days of going over to my friend's house. Back, you know, I was telling you about the GameCube, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I would lug my GameCube from my house to my friend's house before he got one. He didn't have one at the time. And uh, I would log it from my house to my friend's house and set it up at his place. And that's how we played Fantasy Star. Um, that's how we played, you know, anything. Dude, you know what else I, I really miss is land, land parties. Like, I love the thought of, like, 
four xboxes in one room like yeah god that shit was so great yep mm-hmm. a lot of, i know a lot of people who used to do that you know it was a great co-op game like halo that i think a lot of people don't know about is resistance Did you ever play the resistance games on the playstation it was a playstation exclusive nope i never played them oh my god if you so while i owned a playstation i never really got into playstation like i remember playing like certain games but i wasn't like a playstation fanboy got you like i was always more focused on xbox got you now, now i wish i was a playstation fanboy because playstation's killing it yeah so so resistance was basically playstation's attempt at at like because like at the time halo was taking over the gaming world that was like the only thing xbox really had uh that like as an exclusive was just shitting on sony right because halo was everywhere um and so for good reason well yeah no absolutely but playstation that you know they had resistance come out and it was a playstation exclusive and that was like that was their attempt at at having one of their own Mm -hmm. and uh, i think i think it was one of those things where it was like halo was so big you couldn't really compete with it but anyone that played resistance would would tell you that it was like a really great game or or at least i should say i've never met anyone that didn't like it that played it um i don't know if i'd say it was better than halo i really 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 enjoyed it i would put them on par uh maybe not the story as well but but the gameplay for sure hmm, interesting yeah i didn't know playstation had anything like that yeah it was, it was dope i think they ended up coming out with like three or four and i think another one is actually coming out soon if i remember seeing that correctly yeah playstation i i see i've been a microsoft xbox person for since i was like it went from gamecube to xbox uh 360 for me and i thought you know it was fable halo gears of war were like the yeah. top exclusive for, for xbox at the time and i loved all those games and i just fell in love with the xbox and i went from there and now looking at what microsoft is doing with the xbox and what sony's doing with the playstation like man the tables have really turned yeah i think microsoft really and this is just my opinion but like microsoft really went downhill after the uh the 360 elite i feel like every release after that was just so like i don't know it's hard to get excited like the xbox one was a good console don't get me wrong i enjoyed mine i, I played the shit out of mine but it wasn't like branding wasn't on point advertisement wasn't on point the software is terrible i really i I hated the software. Even now, like the companion app on the computer that was like, it's great that it's shared. I love that they did that. It's genius. Uh, and I think both sides definitely win from it. But but using it is just awful. Um, and now their next one is just literally a computer. It's just a giant freaking. Yeah, I'm nervous about what it's going to be. Same. I am. I've been saying, and I'll say it to the end of time. Stop releasing consoles. And they won't because they make tons of money off of console sales. They do. Yeah. Um, but I think they should just release a console and then release um, upgrade parts. Do plug and play parts. Yeah. Like a, like a modular can... console. Mm -hmm. Yep. Modular consoles for sure. Yep. Just here's, here's the PlayStation. Uh, here's the Xbox 5, PlayStation 5, whatever. Um, it comes with these specifications. And if you want extra storage, if you want a new graphics card, if you want a new processor, whatever, it's plug and play. You open it up, it's on a hinge or whatever they want to do. With a slide out tray um, would probably be easier. 
and you just slide it out, pop your piece out, put the new one in, easy, and it opens it up for um, hardware sales. So you, you you lose your console sales, but you get hardware sales instead. Um, and it opens up the market for people like Asus, Acer, um, NVIDIA to make graphics cards specifically and partner with the company, play, uh, Sony or Microsoft, to make graphics card for it that are better, whatever you have. And I think I think that's the way it needs to go. Um, but then at that point, you're kind of just it's, looking at it's a PC. Why not just have a PC? Yeah. But what happens is a lot of people who play PC are scared of build. Oh, there's, it's so expensive. It's so because they think they need this like fifteen hundred dollar computer, but it's it's not. And people are scared. Oh, I'm gonna mess it up. They don't want to dive into. The, I'm gonna mess it up. I'm gonna break it. I don't want to deal with the 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 bogus stuff, right? right? right. But. If you make it as simple as, oh, you just pull it out and you pop in a new one, people people are probably more likely to veer to it because it's still plug and play. A lot of people like the convenience. They plug it in, they turn it on, and it works. They don't have to deal with anything. They don't have to deal with any random blue screens or anything like that. Right. Gen generally speaking, we do have like the red ring of death and stuff like that. But. Yeah, but that that's that shit is so um uncommon now compared to when like remember that then the 360 first came out it was like everybody was red screening or uh red mm -hmm. ringing, excuse me yep and now you don't even really hear about them anymore yeah no well i don't think it i think they fixed whatever the problem was and they just went from there yeah last question i got for you me. last question i got for you is where do you think the gaming industry is going to be going in the next couple of years where do you think what do you think is going to happen to it do you think VR is going to take off? Do you think we're going to see some major improvements to something? Do you think people are going to veer to DC going in a specific direction? What do you think? Uh, I know what I would like to think. Whether or not I'm right is a whole different story. I would love. All right, what's, what's that? I would love to see, not necessarily VR like take over, but I would love to see VR hit a point where like. You know, like the shit we've seen in movies over the last however many years that that were the the movies like futuristic, and we're almost in that future. And I would love to see things like you know simulation rooms and like, um, you know, for like full body VR is already a thing. Um, mm -hmm. I know, like if you've ever been to, um, actually, just recently I went with uh, my family over the holidays to Disneyland. And uh, I know I know a lot of people out there probably never had a chance to beat it, you know, go into Disneyland. Um, but uh, everyone knows what Disneyland is. A lot of people don't know that outside of Disneyland, they have a place called Downtown Disney. And the thing okay. about Downtown Disney is that you you don't need a ticket to go there. You need a ticket to get into the park, but Downtown Disney is always open. And so you get you get a lot of like um, a lot of college students hang out there. A lot of local air, people hang out there because. It's still part of Disney, but like I said, you don't need a ticket to go there. It's open to everybody. So it's a really, really cool hangout place. It's really pretty. It's really fun. You have the Disney music playing almost as if you were walking in the park. So you get the full experience. Um, and they have a place, Downtown Disney. <sighs> Shit, I forget what it's called. But um, it's it's a full body VR experience. So you put on, you put on gear. It, you know what it almost looks like? It almost looks like laser tag but with uh with a face mask and oh so the whole thing interacts to it there's their stories that are driven by your movement so like I, there's like a star wars one there's an avengers one uh and i think there's another one that's like not a branded anything but 
you basically put on the mask and you are in the world so like one so like the star wars one is you're a stormtrooper right so you have the armor you have the blaster you have the face mask and like in the real world it's not a whole lot of layers on you like i said it, it picture like laser tag right yeah yeah you have a little chest that yeah. goes over you and then you have your little gun in your hand exactly. and generally speaking there's like one other piece of equipment that you have like your whatever uh clip for your gun that you have yeah, like, that's it exactly laser tag is amazing by the way i love laser dude tag. i haven't played laser tag in so long we should do that but yes so it's it's like that you put the headset on and then and then the story drives you through like okay you're a stormtrooper you're going through the hangar you're shooting rebels whatever but you can actually move your body um and like i i didn't do it so i don't know exactly how it works i was just looking at it from the outside but um, but yeah, that's my point. I think we're at, we're getting to a point where we're almost there where the stuff we've seen in movies and, and TV shows can be a thing. And I would love that. I know a lot of people have talked about like the VR, the VR headsets, like with the, the mini treadmills and like mm -hmm. you know, shit like that. Like we're so close to, yeah, that's a really cool idea, but like, damn, we almost don't even need the treadmill to get full body experience and, and things like that. Um, you know, we talked about the PlayStation 2 so having some of my favorite games. There's a game called, uh, I know a lot of people are familiar with the Star Ocean series. Or Star Ocean Till the End of Time. Ooh, okay. Did you, ever, yeah. did you ever play that one? I never played Star Ocean, but I've heard a lot of things about it. I've only ever heard good things about the Star yeah. Ocean series. They are they are phenomenal. Till the End of Time was my one of my favorite RPGs. Um, and in the very first probably 20 minutes of the game, you're you're basically you live on like a giant uh the the story starts out you're a character and you live on like a giant like space station basically and uh he likes to play in this simulation room where it's basically how they teach you the controls of the game it's a tutorial but but that's what it is it's a simulation room you go in and you have a weapon and the room is like uh you know just a giant cube of grid and then you select your your like difficulty level and then you select your like environment and then the cube builds it so it'll put you like in a you know in a prairie and your difficulty level is this so the enemies are bigger and badder and scarier and like your weapon of choice and i'm like bro if that shit was real like i remember playing that game for the first time i remember getting to that and just immediately being sad because it wasn't a real thing but like <laughs> i need this in my life I, how has no one made this yet yeah or like uh what it reminds me a lot of and i could be completely wrong uh but i believe sword art online was the same kind of thing i think so i've never, I've never seen it but i think you're right people yeah that's it's an anime but i believe what happened in sword art is people like had their real world life and then they went in and they jacked into this thing and they jacked into this thing and they went into the the video game world and that's where they hung out yeah and that's where the that's where the anime took place in the video game world but there were people outside of it but i could be wrong on that but i think that's what that was my impression on him and that's what that reminds yeah. me of. or something like tron even oh yeah you no, know, perfect in example. that you're in that little like you were saying the grid right and you you race your bike around and stuff you get your discs and I, whatever and i just think for us as gamers like what you know why do we play these games it's to escape everyday life as as like as sad as that sounds i, I don't even necessarily mean it that way but 
um you know especially like rpgs they they take you out of your real world setting and put you into another mm -hmm. one it's like what better way to do that than to literally physically be placed into a new setting like i have For sure you know i the only reason i bought vr we mentioned vr i i bought the playstation vr because i wanted to play skyrim vr holy shit, man that is one of the best vr experiences easily yeah and yeah well because it changes the entire game the thing about skyrim is i've played it on every fucking console and computer system it's it's for you know i had it on steam i had it on the xbox now it's on the switch like the game it's come out for every console and your rock so yeah so you know god knows how many times all of us have played through it and one playthrough alone if you do everything is over you know hundreds of hours but the one thing that i loved about skyrim vr is that it literally changed the game one thing that vr gives you that every console and your rock does not give you is free range motion if I'm playing Skyrim on Steam, on the Switch, on whatever, and I, let's say I'm playing, this is the example I give to everybody. Let's say I'm playing a mage, right? I can only sheath and unsheath. I can only lift my hands or put my hands down. And so if you lift your hands up and let's say I have dual fire and I cast it, it hits the crosshair in the center of your screen and there's nothing you can do about that. But if I'm playing Skyrim VR, I can literally move both of my hands in opposing circles and to like to my sides. And like I can kill shit around me like a mad mage in a movie and not even have to look at it. That's huh. a whole yeah. different experience. Uh, Might and Magic just released a trailer for like a new update that they're coming out with, which is a big VR game. Really? Um, from what I understand, I've only recently started looking into VR. Um, I think it's very pricey. I don't think we're, I think that's the biggest thing. I think we have a lot of cool stuff in the VR industry right now, but I think it's really unobtainable for like people like you and me who don't make a million dollars a year. <laughs> yes. You know, like I can't drop $1,500 on a new VR set. Well, you know? so I'll tell you this, this is how I ended up with the PlayStation VR one is it's kind of funny to me how many people tell me like, well, the PlayStation VR sucks compared to this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, you're right. But the difference is you spent $800 on your Vive. I got my VR with Skyrim VR on a holiday sale for $200. So bite me. Like, Well, even looking at Oculus, Oculus Rift has this standalone. It's a standalone VR set. And I think the whole thing. So standalone meaning it doesn't have to connect to your computer right. with a cord. Right have it in and you can buy a whole setup so your feet have motion sensors on them too your hands have motion sensors on them the whole thing like we were talking about right. i think the whole setup for that is like 32 3600 holy shit like all the stuff yeah well the um, now you can get a downgraded version that connects to your computer for less but you know when you're dealing with something like that you don't want that right and i think that one's still like 900 dollars, isn't it yeah it's still pricey i know it's still pricey i mean vr is is expensive in general yeah Definitely. Um, but the Might and Magic trailer I saw had a picture, like you were saying, with the you like you have fire in your hand and you can shoot it wherever you want. You don't have to look at things. You know, there's a wolf to your right. You just shoot a fireball at right. it and it dies and you just move on with your day, right? Like a mad mage. Might and Magic had this dude pull a fireball up in his hand and then he held a dagger over it and he heated up his dagger and all of a sudden his dagger's on fire. Yeah. fire oh, that's and sick. I thought that was sick. I thought it was that, so cool. That is really dope. I'm gonna have to look into this because if I can get it then we'll play it yeah it was a ton of fun. it looked so cool it it was so cool yeah, you're gonna i love you're gonna have to come over and try skyrim vr like i'm gonna have to put you in it okay yeah for sure yeah i i don't know vr sounds really cool to me 
I've heard there's some really cool things you can do. Like, you ever play Fallout 4? No, I haven't. But I, I've seen it, but... So I was doing some research a little while back on some VR games and some VR stuff because I was thinking about buying buying some VR equipment. And uh, I didn't know what... Like, I don't know what to get. I don't know what good games are there. I don't know what I want to play. Like, is there, is there something there that I'm interested in or not? And one thing that somebody... It was a zombie apocalypse game that actually took place um, in Arizona. And they were like, you kind of have to think like you're in the game and i think this is really cool as opposed to and the reason i brought up fallout 4 i'll get to in a minute um as opposed to oh that's behind a locked door i can't get to it like there's new things like oh well i can just like reach through so in fallout 4 there's a a gun in the beginning area what are the beginning areas that you can't get to until you have like lock pick 100 um or there's a cheat for it with your dog okay but like you can reach your hand through the bars and grab it that way. But like you can't do that in a regular video game. Right. You know what I mean? But like in VR you can. You can just be like, oh, I'm just gonna reach here and grab it, you know, and, and it's now it's mine. Yeah. But like in a regular video game, it's like, oh no, you have to have lockpick hundred in order to get it. So I thought that's really cool. And I think there's some really cool things that VR can have with that. Uh I forget the name of that original one I was thinking of. But it was a zombie apocalypse game, and it, they were just like, you got to really think outside the box. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. I think VR is great for that. I, I feel like video games often dance on this fine line of like, there's realism, and then there's video game realism, right? Where it's like, you want the game to be as real as possible. You know, make, Well, we say it all the time. It's video game logic. Right, right. And so it's one of those things where it's like you have – you know, I've, I've had this argument with people before where I'm like, I expect something to be realistic. And they're like, they're like, well, there's a zombie. So obviously it's not real. And I'm like, yes, but the physics are that of what the real world would be if there was zombies. Right. I'm not flying. I'm not, I'm not fucking not with that attitude, rocket not. boosting and like not dying. You, you know what I mean? Like there's definitely still a level of realism to games that aren't real. If that, makes sense yeah no for sure i completely agree yeah and so you you dance this fine line where like like the gun behind the locked cage right where it's like well if we give them access to this gun do we break our entire game it's like well you put it there in the first place so if i can reach through the fucking cage and get it i'm gonna do it you know it's it's one of those things well you ever see that meme um it's like <laughs> it's a meme and it's, it's from fallout new vegas if i remember correctly um and it's it's a door and it says you need lockpick 100 to get through this door. And literally the other side of the wall of that door is completely demolished. <laughs> but you can't jump over the wall. It's an invisible wall there. So you can't jump over it. Right. But in order to get – so in order to get through, you have to go through the door. But you need lockpick 100 in order to do it. And I just – I think it's so funny. And like – but like VR, you just jump over right. it. And I think that's crazy, right? That's hella funny. Yeah, and so. invisible walls are the bane of an RPG player. <laughs> you, all you want to do is explore, but you well, can't. Yeah, you're just like, just let me through, please. Yeah. There's something cool over there. Because you know what's cool in video games? They usually like have the invisible wall, but there's something else on the other side of it because they want to fill the map, right. right? So you're like, oh, that stuff looks cool over there. I want to get to it. And then you can't, and you're just sad. Dude, there's there's in Skyrim, speaking of, uh, I was laughing my ass off. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. One night I was streaming Skyrim. And uh, I, I got into Whiterun and the guy goes, there's some dude just randomly pops into my chat and he goes, hey, did you get the chest under the city? And I was like, 
what chest on this like in a basement somewhere and he's like no 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 like literally it's built into the level under the city mm-hmm. and i was like dude I, I i don't i don't get what you're saying like how do i get underneath the city it, and, you know in my head i'm still thinking logically like there's got to be like a hidden door a or staircase like, yeah. or something yeah and he's like no 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 no. you clip through the level and i'm like okay you're fucking with me because why would they put a chest there intentionally through a broken game and he's like no 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 trust me trust me trust me do this 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 and this and he's like telling me how to how to clip through and i'm like you're a troll because i've never seen you here before and you're telling me how to break the game you're probably going to crash my game or corrupt my file something bad is going to happen like i i was so so convinced and he was like dude i'm not fucking with you there's a test (laughs) on the level and i went i went okay you know what i'll humor you i'll google it and i thought i was so smart and i went to youtube and sure enough there's a step-by-step video how to get this chest and sure enough that's how you get it there's a chest in white run in skyrim it's under the fucking city you go outside the city there's a rock you can clip through and follow a path down into literal nothingness and if you follow the path correctly you land on another rock under the city you slide down that rock and then there's a little gravel pit and there's a chest under the city is there anything good in it uh i don't remember it was like a fuck ton of gold and a couple armor pieces uh i think i I don't remember but but yeah blew blew my mind i like i literally thought the dude was fucking with me because you know bethesda is notorious for but bug broken maps and shit so i'm like okay obviously even if i can get under the map you know maybe maybe in that regard he's not fucking with me maybe it won't crash my game or whatever but it's like there's not going to be a chest down here because all of the map clipping is unintentional nope there's a chest <laughs> like well, a lot of game devs actually store stuff below the map like unloaded assets um they put stuff so i don't know if you've played paper mario seen it um, never played it okay so paper mario there's the oh god what is it a sheep farm or something where you you like give the you pay money to get this little you remember back in the day you used to put quarters in the machine yeah the, the like the gumball machine and you get a little capsule yeah and the capsule would have a toy in it it was like that so you'd pay you'd pay money to a toad in, to, in toad town and you would he would open up a capsule and this little sheep thing would come out and that's what happened okay well if you go under the map if you break under the map you find a whole bunch of blue toads underneath there and what happens is when there's nobody in the pen because you get to keep them after you open them and i think the goal is to get like uh the three gold ones or something like that I, like there's a, you get a reward for doing something i think but anyway under the map there's a bunch of blue toads and what happens is once you pay him a blue toad pops up from underneath the map and becomes the sheep it could be something other than a sheep but uh you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they store assets underneath the map to pull later when you need them. So it's not uncommon for things to be hidden underneath maps. Huh. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. Interesting. Um, just the fact that it's so easy to do is really what gets me. Yeah. Uh, I would be like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I'm not skilled enough to clip through the map. You know? Right. I'm not, I'm not good enough at that. That's some speed run stretch well, shit. And that's, I can't. 
that's the funniest thing about it was not only how easy it was to do, but how cool it was to do in, in the way, cause you're supposed to like the way it starts is you like, you go over behind this building, you look at the flowers and you like strafe back and forth and then it like slides you under the map. It's, and it was, <laughs> it was so easy, but it was, it was really, really cool. Uh, when, when we're done here, I'll, I'll send you the video. It's pretty funny for sure. Yeah. But, I bet that's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I did, I did it like first try. I just went, th- I followed this step-by-step instructions he was giving me through twitch chat on a delay and like it was that easy that's crazy yeah i can't believe how easy it is and i mean it's bethesda so i don't i don't you know i was saying bethesda right Right. i don't don't, it's nothing out of the ordinary for them to do they're just full of full of glitches i mean you've seen the stuff that they can do and speaking of speed runs and the speed runs yeah well forces and getting married to the game yeah you mentioned like funny memes that make fun of video game logic i think one of the greatest things i've ever seen is a picture of um there's a picture of a, a police uh patrol car in florida i guess there was like there was a spot on the highway it was a fat pothole and it rained and the pothole was flooded so you know when there's like those huge puddles you can't ever see how deep the hole is and yeah so the cop car like half falls in and it's submerged and then the water is still so the picture it looks like the car is in the ground and someone took that picture and then put the words over it. Um, Bethesda programmed the Florida police. <laughs> and that, that is that is one of the funniest memes I've ever seen. I I lost my shit when I saw that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I can imagine that's pretty funny. Uh, well, I think that wraps it up for us for tonight. Yeah, for today. It was a pleasure, my man. Yeah, definitely.